there's two ways you can attack COVID. You can say, you know what, it's tough now, I'm in big trouble. My mindset is what a great opportunity because a lot of people out there that will not would, will not be able to deal with this sort of pressure, I can grow my business and thrive. So I actually scaled my business in 2008 in the midst of a GFC. Similar sort of a mindset when people are going, Chris, now's the wrong time. I said, now's the perfect time. Because if you can sustain or grow a business through a GFC when things are tough, even through a pandemic, you're gonna build such a good business. So now is an opportunity for people to audit what they're doing and ascertain exactly where the leakages are in their business, how they can expand. So for me, this has been a godsend, personally. It's been a blessing in disguise. I'm auditing every part of my business, every part of my personal life. Has it been challenging? I'd lie to you if it said it wasn't. Hello and welcome to the Mind to Lead podcast. I'm Georgie Hubbard and I am on a mission to help you live a level 10 life. If you want to live an extraordinary life, a life full of passion and energy, of joy and abundance, then this is the podcast that teaches you how to do just that. Through my conversations with some extraordinary leaders and my own life experiences, I come to you weekly with all of the teachings, and steps you need to take your life to the next level. So if you are ready to develop the mindset it takes a lead, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mind to Lead. And today I'm absolutely honored because I'm sat down with an incredible businessman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, wealth coach, philanthropist, Chris Christoffi. Chris, amazing to have you here today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, well, look, we we kind of know each other. We've done, we've been on similar coaching programs before. But for those that uh, don't know who you are, could you give a little bit of an insight, a bit of your journey into who is Chris and what's brought you to this point in your life today? Who is Chris? Um, <laughs> Happy-go-lucky father of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Cyprian descent, so I lived in Australia most of my life. I lived in Cyprus from the age of nine to sixteen where I got my first job, I was selling scratch tickets on the streets of Cyprus for my uncle. So on, when I had school holidays, I'd, uh, he'd give me 32 scratch tickets. They're all on consignment. 30 I had to pay him to was my profit. Started playing pool at the age of 13. And it was a game and a passion of mine that I've had for many years and working in my father's supermarket. So I had a love of business at a very young age. Came, came back to Australia at 16, finished my schooling, tried to be a pro snooker player. That didn't work out. Did a bit of fighting, enjoyed that, and got into business at a pretty young age. I got into real estate when I was 19, actually, so if I go start with that. Mm, um, I said to my father, I was the youngest of four, he gave all of us $30,000 as a wedding present to get into the property market. I said, Dad, I'm never going to get married the way I'm going. Can I have the money early? He goes, what do you want for, son? I said, I want to buy a car. He goes, no. Find me a piece of real estate, I'll give you the money. So I started doing research, and I started working for a company. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with the property industry. I bought my first property at 19 years of age. Wow. Um, I bought multiple properties and I became very good at selling. I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars as an income. And I bought um, eight properties by the age of, just bef- just after I turned 24. Mm-hmm. So I was doing well. Um, at that time, the company I w- was working for went into receivership. I lost all my assets, my car, my son, I had a son at the time, still still, still with us. He got back to him and enjoyed became deaf. So within a space of six to 12 months, I, my son lost his hearing. 
I was in a failed uh, relationship and I lost all my so I moved back in with my parents. So at that point, I thought I better, you know, better do something. Mm. So I started my business. I thought it's a great idea to move back in with my mum at a debt of 348000 I thought, what a great time to start my business. And in 2005, wow. I started my business. That was the position I was in. So a lot of people say uh, I started my business with nothing. I wish I had nothing when I started. I had a debt of 348 grand, but it made me more determined. Wow. Wow. Can I just say thank you so much for sharing that because I think that that is just such a powerful message and, and to start a business with that debt to move back in with your mom after having a level of success. Uh, just just incredible. The story about your son, like talk to that because I think there's a lot of people right now with a real fear mentality who are, you know, I now's not the right time to start a business or, you know, they're, they're so worried about failing. But what was your mindset? Like, how did you go from that amount of debt to um, incredible yeah. businessman that you are now? Well, thanks for that compliment. It's actually funny because as you're saying that, my hairs lift because I thought it was the only time to start a business. So right. you can always look at things two ways. Adversity was, that was at its absolute highest and I thought to myself, I need to show up here. Now's the time I really re want to see what I'm made of. So you see, you see what people are made of under extreme pressure. Mm. And for me, I respond to extreme pressure. I had a great supporting network. I had my family around me. So I was very fortunate. And for me, COVID is obviously challenging time for my business, but I'm going to tackle it with a smile on my face and make sure that I grow. So there's two ways you can attack COVID. You can say, you know what, it's tough now. I'm in big trouble. My mindset is what a great opportunity because a lot of people out there that will not, will, will not be able to deal with this sort of pressure, I can grow my business and thrive. So I actually scaled my business in 2008 in the midst of a GFC. Similar sort of a mindset when people are going, Chris, now's the wrong time. I said, now's the perfect time. Mm -hmm. Because if you can sustain or grow a business through a GFC when things are tough, even through a pandemic, you're going to build such a good business. So now is an opportunity for people to audit what they're doing and ascertain exactly where the leakages are in their business, how they can expand. So for me, this has been a godsend personally. Mm -hmm. It's been a blessing in disguise. I'm auditing every part of my business every part of my personal life. Has it been challenging? I'd lie to you if it said it wasn't. On mm -hmm. Friday, being at home with four kids homeschooling, I had one goal in the morning when I woke up. Mm -hmm. My goal was to not punch my Apple computer. <laughs> that was my only goal to not put my face on the computer. Now, I'm a pretty cool, calm, collected person. But on Friday, with all the kids going, my computer was down. I had to virtually log on to someone to help me and I'm not that computer literate. I had one goal. I said, you know what? Breathe, get through this. Mm. And so, yeah, do I have those days? Of course. But mm. I want to enjoy those days because when the good days come, I can really enjoy my wins as well. And mm. failing, I, I, failing excites me. And as a kid at school, I always failed. So it's not new to me because mm. I never lose. I always learn. So I'm, I, I always put myself in a position where I'm going to fail, where the odds are incredibly stacked against me. They're the ones that excite me the most. And then I say, you know what? Let's see what I can do. Let's go. I don't mind failing, but I can tell you one thing. I'll show up tomorrow, a better version of myself. If I fail, mm. I'm going to come again. I'm going to come mm. again, and I'm not going to mm. stop. Mm. So on the proviso you think that way, doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days. Doesn't mean you're not going to lose your patience. Doesn't mean, you know, everything's going to be high fives and roses mm. and all that stuff. Mm. But it's, it's a good time to... Uh, 
to reflect on your inefficiencies as a leader, mm-hmm. where you can improve, how you can scale your business. So during this last month and a half, my response personally to COVID, I've put on six new full-time people, three or four new people starting. I bought a finance company, $35 million worth of loans. I'm doing a due diligence now for one of half a billion. I bought four investments and I'm doing my due diligence to purchase my first building. Um, having said that, one of my businesses took millions of dollars of a hit during COVID. But then I looked mm-hmm. and I thought, how do I audit my business? How do I pivot? Mm-hmm. So I'm taking this as an opportunity to really test myself. And I had a, I had a meeting with all my managers and stage four was released. And then I sat down and I said, all right, guys, now's the time to step up. I want to see what mm-hmm. you're made of. Mm. Um, I'm putting everybody on notice here and I'm putting myself on notice. I want to see who shows up every day. Mm. I don't want 100% from you now. I want 120% from you. So mm. one of my mentors told me that. He said, if things are flying and cruising, I'm happy with 80%. Mm. But now when things are tough, I want 120%. Because mm. now's when we're going to really grow. Now's when we're going to step on. And I said to them, I want to see whose chin's up when you walk into the office, your attitude, when I'm Zooming you, when I'm mm. Skyping you. And who's, who's asking for help? Because a lot of people... Think asking for help's a weakness. Mm. It's a strength. And I have these conversations all the time. Let me. I'm always going to ask for help if I need it. I'm not too proud. I'm not too embarrassed to ask for help. Mm. But in the same token, I'm going to ask for a lot, but I'm going to give you everything I've got. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's a very important, a very important thing for all entrepreneurs. It's okay to ask for help because mm. I always say this. Whatever, I'm going to get you on the roundabout. Whatever you give me now, I'm going to come back and I'll make sure that I compound and give it back to you. Give me help. I'll be back. Mm. And the people that helped me scale in 2008 was a gentleman by the name of Mick Irwin. I went up. He gave me $250,000 to scale my business during the GFC on my first meeting with him. Wow. Now, I I go to myself when I left. Wow. He vetted me before I went there. He knew exactly who I was. Now, my business plan had spelling mistakes, had errors. I'm, I've got a, I'm not good with English, as you'll probably tell. I'm dyslexic, I've got ADHD. I've got all these issues, right? But he backed me. Mm. Now, remember, it was the 10th of the 9th, 2008. 3.23 is when the facts came through. That's how long ago it was. When he said, Chris, signed the deal, gave me 125 grand up front, 125 on the balance. I always read that every morning when I see his thing because he helped me scale. So I don't forget the people that have helped me through my journey because mm. I've had a lot of great people around me. Mm. That, that, wow. I mean, what, what an incredible story. Thank you again for sharing that. And you, you've touched on something really important there that I also, I, I'm grateful for myself and the power of asking for help, because like you just said, then people do see it as a weakness and they think I've got to come up with all my answers myself. But I think you and I can both agree the importance of mentorship and coaching. So what, what part do you believe that played in the, in your success and your journey? massive like mm. for me i used to the one asking the the questions that people go oh, i can't believe you asked that i don't care i'm mm. going to ask i want to know the answer mm. the difference is now i'm asking more sophisticated questions i'm becoming a lot more intelligent i'm becoming a better businessman i'm still working in progress i still see myself at scale of one to ten i'm on, I'm on level one or two i always see that that's how far i need to go but I can understand the questions I'm asking are more sophisticated. The decisions I'm making are more sophisticated. And I've never been embarrassed to make a fool of myself. I've never been embarrassed to fail. Mm. I'll take it in my stride and I'll back. I'll always back myself every time. Give mm. me the same second. I'm going to come back better every day, every day, every day, every day. And mm. they're going to say, you know what? This kid's not going to stop. 
I was a long time ago since I was a kid, but that's been my attitude always. Mm. And I'm curious to know, I mean, your your mindset is it is incredible. So where where does that come from? Like, do you think that's just something you were born with or do you think that's something you've worked on over time? Is it the books you've read? Is it the people you surround yourself with? Where has that like that attitude of like you back yourself, the self-confidence, where, where has that come from? Um, look, all the above is the short mm. answer, but... As I said to you, my biggest, my biggest ability is to to not worry about failing. I just want to learn. Mm. So I wasn't a, I wasn't a, a smart kid at school. I was an ambitious kid. I knew what I wanted mm. to do. And when I was thirteen, I'd play pool for money against people. I used to hustle pool and sell tickets, and I'd have between two to four hundred pounds on me, my own spending money. That's times three Cypriot pounds. So we're talking twenty five years. I'd have six to eight hundred dollars in my pocket. That was my mm. own pocket money. So I became independent and I came obsessed with the idea of being independent and growing and learning but now that I've left school as you mentioned there's so many self-help books courses I do like I help people as well but people think I'm crazy I've spent in the vicinity of half a million dollars in the last 18 months in courses growth books CDs everything that I'm doing mentors coaches and I the favorite part of my day week month and year is when I'm learning something and it's the best investment you can make in yourself so for me um, I just want to be around smart people and being in proximity so I used to play snooker my my friends are world champions I used to fight my friends are world champions business people they're successful people that have a track record in today I used to surround myself with these people and they their mindset was different and I believe everything's like a magnet I was attracted mm-hmm to these people because of the way they thought. They never had limiting beliefs. They're okay to fail. And for me, tell me I can't do it and I, that gets me excited. Tell me that you're gonna fail here and I'll be, thank you. Cause I'm gonna make sure that I get up super early. I'll be there tomorrow, you might beat me. But I'm gonna keep coming and I won't stop. So for me, having that, having that drive with my business, but more importantly with everything that I do, it's held me in good stead. But it also keeps me happy. It keeps me inspired. It keeps me. It gives that gives me that juice that I need to wake up, you know, with a smile and to tackle anything that's in front of me. Yeah, and, and let, let's actually talk about that now because when I met you, I remember you saying about your morning routine, like you were like up in the office at like crazy hours, and I was just like, wow, like I was just so impressed with like your morning routine. And look, you're you're a dad, you're a businessman, you've got multiple businesses. How do you fit it all in? Like your time management must be like impeccable. <laughs> it's good needs to get better i'm improving that yeah. um my morning routine back then when you met me was i used to get up at 245 <laughs> by three wow um and i used to go through a certain routine mm. and the routine in the morning was i'm changing it slightly now i'll talk to you about that as well mm. i only live three minutes from the office so mm-hmm. everything i do is by design mm-hmm. my kids school are 2.4 kilometers my son's 900 meters everything i do is under two and a half kilometers from my work because I designed, I don't like traffic. It puts me in a bad yeah. state of mind, so I eliminated traffic by moving closer. Yeah. I don't like being in the city. I bought a holiday home on the beach. I kind of designed mm-hmm. everything in a way that, that, that makes me happy. So when I walk to the office, I think of only things that I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. My mind is consumed with usually the same thoughts. My wife, my four kids, my business, and my health, my family and friends. Mm-hmm. When I get into the office, I'll put on a song, usually pretty loud, because I love music that uplifts me. And I do things that are all all transformational, things that are important, that are going to move the needle in my business. I always say that, move the needle. 
And the transactional items that are the emails or the day-to-day -day or the meetings that don't require me about 100%, I'll do them later. So mm -hmm. I pl place them at a certain time. Um, the, the challenging part is coming home and making sure that I still have energy for my family mm -hmm. and my wife and kids because that's so important. It's mm -hmm. something that I'm not very, very good at. It's something that mm -hmm. I'm conscious of that I, want, I need to work on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes after 14 to 18 hours, I come home a bit tired. Mm -hmm. But um, after watching a clip with Kobe Bryant and um, he was doing it with Patrick Beck David saying when his kids and his family deserves the best, I think everybody does. Mm. I want to give them that. So all these things that I'm telling and I'm working on and I'm analyzing them. There's a look getting into meditation, mm. exercise and doing things mm. that optimize my performance, mm. but more importantly, optimize my, my happiness, yeah. my well-being. And mm. I audit everything all the time. Mm. And I always want to give a better version to my wife, my kids, my business, and my clients. So mm. if I can't subjectively look at myself and say these are where I need to improve, mm. and also if you know if I get comfortable and I don't and I don't improve, I get bored and I get I get depressed. If I can't mm. go forward, if I haven't got a challenge in front of me, mm. I wouldn't be happy. So I know mm. what works for me, and yeah. I think it's important yeah. for people to identify what works for them. Mm. like um, my wife gets up early too but she has slightly different routines that work for yeah. her and you know during the day we do things together sometimes we don't it, it depends what works for you individually in your business mm. plus at home and my routine's pretty extreme mm. but if you know me as a character everything I do is that way I can't I don't know any other way yeah yeah I love it I love it I mean I, I'm really I, I love my routine as well I do put my morning routine down to just a clear head and what you just said there about gratitude I think it's just so important I think we've got an attitude of gratitude we do attract more things to be to be grateful for but you just said something then that I really want to touch upon because I think it's really powerful you said you spend the first uh, few hours of the day working on transformational things things that are going to move you and your business forward so could you give a couple of examples of what that looks like for you i can i always mm -hmm. um i look i audit the current business i look at where look i do visualization a lot as well mm -hmm. see where do, where does the business need to improve where do i need to improve mm -hmm. now usually you look at your business and you say to yourself this is what i need mm -hmm. usually the biggest change is looking right at you you need to make you need to be the leader you need to become in order to lead a bigger company mm -hmm. so your skill and mindsets brought you to where you are to go to the next level, you need to improve your abilities, your mindsets. Mm. And as I said today, it might take me six months to learn something, but it might take somebody else a year who's working for me or mm. with me by my side. Mm. So you need to be patient towards that and you need to lead them in the right manner. So what works for one person might not necessarily work for somebody else. Mm. And looking at, I love Simon Sinek, mm. and I read a book called Extreme Ownership, and they're very, very good leadership books. And they teach you how to communicate. And if someone didn't get your message, maybe didn't communicate it clear enough. Mm -hmm. And if you can always reflect inwards, I think you'll be, a, you are, and you will be an even better leader mm -hmm. because you can only control internally. And I've said this so many times. Mm -hmm. I don't whinge, I don't complain. I say, what can I do differently and how can I improve and how can I help the next person? Mm -hmm. I don't want to waste my energy on what went wrong and how did that happen? Mm -hmm. I just want to learn from that experience. I want my team to learn. I want to grow because mm -hmm. level... Being level-headed, I think, has never been more important than it is today with what's going on around the world with this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And being, and you know, I'll, ask, I'll ask you this and I'll ask anyone. If you're having a really stressful moment, mm -hmm. whatever that may be, you're running late. For me, if mm -hmm. I run late, it stresses me. Mm -hmm. I'm running late to go to the gym or I haven't paid a bill. 
if I come to you and I start yelling and putting more stress on you, how's that going to make you feel? More stressed. Is that going to help the situation? No. Do you want someone calm to say, whatever it is, don't worry, we'll fix it? Yes. So I have people come into my office, they're freaking out for you. I go, before yeah. you say anything, take a breath, smile, because <laughs> we're going to deal with it. Let's deal with the smile on our face, and I'm going to deal with it no matter what it is. Don't worry. Wow. And they come in, they breathe. Yeah. When you smile, it also releases endorphins and makes you yeah. happier. And yeah. if I'm going to tackle something, I want as well smile. But knowing that it's okay, mm. if you come in and you know that no matter what, you're going to be okay. And even if you make a mistake, we're going to fix it. Mm. You're going to tackle the problem differently because you can't get out of a situation with the same consciousness that created the problem or that's in the problem. So you need to take mm. your mindset out of that issue mm. and you need to become aware of what it is and have mm. a different level of consciousness mm. to get out of that problem. So when you're home and you're frustrated and like I was the other day, I could not do anything productive. I know that and identified that. And I had a very off day. And I'm, you know, not too proud to admit it. I don't care. It's me and I'm human. But I identified that. And I'm speaking to you on the on the computer so my computer made it through the day. That was my <laughs> one goal. And I wake up the next day and I'm back to myself. Yeah. My wife is very smart. She identified mm -hmm. I'm having one of those days. So mm -hmm. she wanted to get the hell out of here, which was, very, I'm very ha happy that she identified <laughs> that. And the next day I woke up, um, I made the guy some pancakes or breakfast and sorry, I was had an mm -hmm. off day. Thanks mm -hmm. for understanding. Yeah, beautiful. And when, when, when it comes the other way, mm -hmm. I'm going to be understanding as well. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's so powerful because I think, you know, like people beat themselves up and you're so right. Sometimes actually when you're having an off day, the best thing you do is just step away, take a breath and and just like go to sleep and go, it's happened. I'm not going to beat myself up. Oh. Tomorrow's a fresh day. Move on. Um, but look, you, you've had so much success, success, Chris, and you really understand, you know, property and wealth. And you've, you've written a book, which I'd love to talk a little bit about now. So um, the book is Your Path to Wealth. And talk to me about that. Like, what was what's the intention there? Like, you know, yeah, what, what what sort of inspired you to write the book? I was sitting on the dinner table with my wife. She was 38 years old. I was quite happy. Like, I've, I've achieved my retirement twice because, as I said, I lost it and got it back. And I always say the true testament to do you love what you do? Mm -hmm. If I was to write a check, whatever you want, I want to retire with 1 million, 5 million, 10 million, mm -hmm. a billion. And I was to write you that check, what would you do tomorrow? My response is... I'm going to go back and go to the office and keep doing that because I love it. Now, I might take a bit of a break, maybe a day or two, who knows. But my idea is, is I love what I do. So I go and write a book. Mm. Now, this book um, is how I've put 3,000 deals together, how I rebuilt myself, the Reventon formula, mm. how I've done over a billion dollars worth of sales. And the reason I want to write this book is, yes, it's legacy. Yes, it's give back. Yes, it's paid forward. But 100% of the proceeds of this go towards a charity, which is very important to me. And... Mm. The, the amount of uh, deals that I want to create and do, I can't do them by myself. So mm. if I can help people through a book that I wrote, which I'm very happy, as you mentioned, an Amazon bestseller, mm. if I can help people through teaching them and helping them, coaching and building wealth, so be it. But more importantly, mm. I always say, I go to people that are actively doing what they say they're doing. Mm. I live and breathe this stuff. Mm. I buy and sell multiple properties so the last couple of years i purchased 15 personally and I, I i will and deal a lot in real estate which i hold i'm not just telling you hey buy my book real estate's great mm -hmm. i'm saying i've been in real estate for 21 years i've done 3,000 deals i've rebuilt an empire twice i have a team of over 50 mm -hmm. we know what we're doing we've got a collective mm -hmm. years of 250 years experience with our team mm -hmm. my wife's now 
launching her products and brands. I'm so proud of her being um, showing females at how important being independent is, talking to them about mindset, talking to them about money. She's the one that she teaches me a lot about health, mm. mental well-being. Now I've got an incredibly good mindset, but mm. when it comes to health and what you put in your body, mm. I wasn't the best. I'll be honest. She's obsessed in that stuff, mm. and she's had a remarkable impact on my health and my and our kids. Mm. And I think health, well, well, health is wealth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Health is wealth, mm. so it's very important. So having a and you mentioned in the morning how you wake up. Mm. It's the most important part of the day because it's going to mm. set up your whole day to the momentum. Mm. Compound effect. Imagine having compound effect of a good mindset, of a good decision, mm. of a great decision. It's going to really take you forward. Mm. And waking up just with a smile, good morning, have a cup mm. of you know tea, coffee, whatever it is you do, you mm. listen to a song, mm. it's very important to do and being conscious of what throws you the other way. Mm. For me, on Friday, anyone could have spotted I was having that day. It's not often. <laughs> that day, probably my neighbor who was in his apartment could have felt it. So I'm conscious of that, yeah? Yeah, so, yeah. So this book, going back to what you mentioned with this book, it's got the Reventon formula. Mm. How to find the right team, key action points for every chapter. It's not a set and forget. Exactly the mistakes that you should look out for, why mm. it's important to have each aspect of your team members. Knowing your numbers is so important. Mm. Paying yourself first. So saving is well, savings okay, but you should be investing. Mm. Savings is the first part of not spending all your money. Mm. So a lot of people earn great money, but they're not rich or wealthy because they don't understand paying themselves first. And what people do, and I talk about this in the book, you're on 100,000 a year, you pay, your, your boss goes, hey, you're doing a great job, you're on 120. The first thing people do, you expand their mm. lifestyle accordingly. Mm. But if you can pay yourself first and compound your wealth, mm. interest upon interest compounded is how you become super wealthy. And it mm. says, The Richest Man in Babylon, you can read the book out, it just talks about the 10,000 hours. It's all in my book. Robbie Kiyosaki talks a lot about it. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrum. All these books are great for that. Richest Man in Babylon by Napoleon Hill. All these things are great. My wife talks a lot about it. I talk a lot about it. And it's about conscious spending. Now, what makes what I do unique in my wife, I don't tell you save every dollar and you're going to be wealthy and you're going to... Who wants to do that? I want to save some of your money, but also it spends things that make you happy. Understand that you might want to buy a nice watch. That's okay, but invest first. You might want to go on a holiday and go first class business. That's okay, but invest first. Yes. Go through the motion and get to that level. For me, mm. when I was a kid, I thought I saw all the funny things in life and I never said, I wonder what that's like. Mm. I was saying, I deserve that. I need to feel what that's like. I want mm. that. And mm. I would always aspire to it. And in my mind, that was never too big or too good for me. I should be there. And in turn, I, didn't, I wouldn't say manifested it, but mm. I knew that I belonged there. Mm, that's and that was the most important part. I deserved to be there. Mm. And I believe that. Mm. And there's only one person that can tell you you're right or wrong. That's yourself. Yeah. Last year when I was in, I got invited to Necron and spent six days with Richard Branson. When I landed, I felt vindicated as an entrepreneur. But also in my mind, I thought, this is where I belong. I deserve to be here. Yeah. That's how my mind works. Because mm. I thought, I will do what I need to do. I'll work up. I'll do my 14, 15, 16, 17. Whatever it takes, I'll do is where I belong. And I think some people don't, um, I guess they might not have that self-belief to begin with, but that's okay. Hang around with people that do because they'll they'll rub off on you. Mm. And they'll make you happy as well. 
people that, that I hang around with, they just think different. Yeah. They're happier. They don't mm. look at problems. They look at solutions. Mm. They, um, you know, you walk away, you left, you feel inspired, you feel happy. Mm. And for me, my energy is limited. Mm. I want to spend my energy with someone that, 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 that makes me happy, mm. that I enjoy spending time with. Yeah. If energy's off, I used to argue black and blue to try to convince my point. I don't argue anymore. You mm. feel that way, great. I just go. I remove mm. myself from the situation mm. and I focus elsewhere. Mm. And it's given me a lot of uh, peacefulness, I think, as a 40-year-old having yeah. that theory. Yeah, I love it. Well, I, like they say, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So, you know, you do really want to pick those people very carefully, right? But. So Look, you, so many amazing points you've made, Chris, but let's, let's strip it right back. If you were sat with a, a new entrepreneur, um, somebody who was at the start of their journey, wanting to start a business, you know, they, they have a reasonable amount of belief in themselves, but where, where would you just tell that person to be in? What would the first step be if somebody was thinking about starting a business? Make sure that you get advice from the right people. Mm. So basically not a broke a financial planner telling you how to make money mm. not a not a personal trainer that's 150 kilos and telling you how to lose weight mm. go to someone that's actively doing exactly what the results you want to emulate hang around with them read books understand socrates said it said it the best all i know is nothing that you're a student and you need to learn a lot more and more importantly the shortcut's very easy there mm. is no shortcut you're gonna have to put in the work and if you love what you do and it's very, very important, you never work a day in your life. Now, I'm very happy when I come home and see my wife and kids. But let me say, if I didn't have a wife and kids, I could work 30 hours a day yeah. and I'd be happy to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying having a balance is important. In some cases, mine's skewed towards work and my passions mm -hmm. and obviously at home. But the advice I'll give them is ask for help. Be surrounded mm -hmm. with people that have the attributes that you want. Mm -hmm. Loyalty, integrity, mm -hmm. generosity, philanthropy, whatever, whatever it is you resonate with. Mm -hmm. And make sure they've got the results that, you, that you're emulating to achieve. Because they've been down that road. And if I've done something in 10 years, and let me tell you, and I had a younger Chris, I'll do it in three or four. So that's mm -hmm. why I have a business mentor and a business coach. Because mm -hmm. I run things by them. They're my sounding board. Mm -hmm. And... And being an entrepreneur, don't be scared to fail. Have fun. Yeah. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. Like, mm. you have your bad days, but you know what? If you didn't have your bad days, you wouldn't appreciate your good days. Yeah. For me, as I said, it's just, I, I don't know. It's I love what I do. And being an entrepreneur and meeting the people that I meet, like when I met Branson or when I go see my coach and my mentor, that's the highlight of my day and week mm. from a business mm. sense, of course, I'm talking mm. yeah. because I'm learning. Yeah. And the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah, I so can. It's, 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 it's in, the infinite game, uh, Simon Sinek always yeah, calls it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The game is infinite. And That's... it's all about levels levels of mindset, levels of wealth, mm. levels of philanthropy, levels of generosity. Mm. And for me, I just I just want to keep getting to the next level. It's like playing a video game. Yeah. What level can I get to? And if yeah. you clock it, can I, can I do it better? Can I become more efficient? Yeah. So it's hang around with people that you enjoy, be okay to fail, mm. fail fast fall forward mm. and just remember everybody helped you when you get mm. to that point where you're successful don't forget that and you make sure that you help other people mm. that's how you have a true impact so why did i write the book going back to that question again mm. i wanted to have an impact and i want to help people beautiful
beautiful wow i just that's just such a powerful answer i think you know some people worry about i've got to have the right website up i've got to have the right products and i've got to do this i have all these things in place and they they worry so much about getting it perfect and i know because i've been here myself i can speak from experience but you know it's you're so right it's like who is doing what i want to be doing how can i learn from them and just continue just to grow and develop myself it's just such powerful yeah. advice i just absolutely love it and Chris, i'll give look, you one more thing oh yeah I do <laughs> Progression is more important than perfection. Get oh, out there and get it done. School yes. teaches you how to. School teaches how to succeed. Lucky mm. for me, I was never a. I never succeed. I just learned, made mistakes. Mm. Get get out there and do it. Yeah. The hardest step is the first one. Second, yeah. third, fourth gets easier and easier. Momentum's built. Mm. And I say to my clients a lot of times, all the people I work with, let me ask you a question. The first time you got behind the wheel of a car, were you terrified? They go, Yeah, I was really nervous. Okay. Do you enjoy the benefits of driving now and are you competent now? They go, yeah. I go, why? Because I've done it so often. Mm. I said, so that, that that repetitiveness creates competence. Competence mm. creates confidence. Mm. You just keep moving forward and you create momentum. So just just get, just get go. Say yeah. yes. Move forward. You can't benefit from anything until you say yes. Yeah. Say yes, accept it, move. That's love what I it. say. Absolutely love it. Well, Chris, look, final question for you and this is quite a big one so i'd love to know everyone sort of d just defines success differently but how would you define success do what you want with who you want when you want more importantly i define success how people talk about me when i'm not in the room to be a humble giving human being for me that's what's true success for me is people ask um you want to emulate certain people whether that be whoever you idolize. I don't mm. emulate people. I emulate words. Mm. So I read certain books in the dictionary of Thesaurus that I love that mean something to me. Now, if you were to ask five or ten people that know me inside and back to front, give me three, four words to describe Chris, I guarantee you they'll say at least two of the words that I read all the time because mm. all my actions are congruent to these words. Mm. So being a giving, humble human being for me, that's success. Financial mm. success is only a small element. For me, mm. I need financial success because I, I love money, spending mm. it and making it, and I love giving and I love being generous. Mm. And I think to have a true impact, you, you need to put yourself in a position of power to have true impact. And wealth right. doesn't define you. It, it, it doesn't build character, it reveals it. It shows who you are, accentuates who you are as a person. I know some seriously wealthy people that are great people and other wealthy people that are very one-dimensional. So for me, success is what the people say when you're in the room. Are you a humble, good human being? Do you treat mm. everybody the same? Mm. Someone that you can't get nothing from, do you treat them with the same level of respect and manners? Mm. For me, that's that's why I do a lot of philanthropy work and I love supporting people that are experiencing homelessness because they're all human beings. The set of circumstance, yeah. that could be me. I treat mm. people that I see on the street the same way I'd want someone to treat me if I was sitting mm. there. Mm. And no one to get from no benefit from me. You walked past, you gave me a smile. Maybe a sandwich, a little bit of money. I treat those people exactly how I'd want they, anyone to treat me if I was in that position at that time. Well, if everyone had your mindset, Chris, I think we'd live in a very different world. But unfortunately, we don't. But that's that's absolutely beautiful. It will. 
Yeah, hopefully, yeah. I think em- empathy, empathy is just a huge one, especially now. I think having, you know, and realizing how connected we actually are. You know, how a, and a virus that started in China can just spread all around the world. That to me, that just says how connected we are, and we're all in this together. So I just think, what a beautiful way to finish. So, Chris, for those people who want to reach out to you and find out more about you, and uh, you know, get mentored by you, get you know, find out about property development, where can they find you? Uh, Reventon.com that I use my business. Um, you can follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn, um, Instagram. I do a ton of content on LinkedIn, so I'm very prominent on LinkedIn. I only started about a year ago because I'm not that tech savvy and I <laughs> didn't like social media, to be honest, but now yeah. I'm all over that stuff. Mm. I'll, I'll put a list of where you can get my book, where you can email me, you can contact me. Happy to mm. help anybody that I can, even mm. if I don't have anything to offer them, if I can mm. point them in the right direction, mm. I'm happy to do that as well. Brilliant. Amazing. Chris, thank you so much. And I really hope everyone who's listened to this has got so many key takeaways. My notepad is absolutely full. Uh, So Chris, thank you. It's been absolutely a pleasure speaking to you today. You're a wonderful human being and thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind to Lead podcast. I really hope you got some great takeaways and key learnings from this episode. To help us spread the message, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We love reading your thoughts and your insights and your learnings. And look, reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Georgie Hubbard. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Georgie L. Hubbard. Let's connect. I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to speaking to you all again soon.